Hello and welcome back to the What Is Life Dude podcast. My name is Eric and that is Sarah. We need like a catchy tagline. Right. We're, we're still brainstorming that. I'm putting you in charge of that because you were you brought it up a couple episodes back. I was thinking about it. Uh, when, when did we run last before this morning? Uh, the past This past weekend? Yes. I was thinking about it on that run because I listened to Ear Biscuits. Ear biscuits. I listened to Ear Biscuits again and they said, Welcome to the podcast where two lifelong friends talk about life for a long time. And I was like, damn, that's so good. Right. So I'll I'll keep brainstorming. Right. That is Eric's task of the moment. Welcome back to the What Is Life Dude podcast. The podcast where where this <laughs> hot couple talks about hot topics, hot topics for a hot minute. Wow. That was I would give myself a C. You know, I'm glad you got that out of your system, though. I think that was pretty good. Let us know in the comments, even though there are no comments, if you like that. Okay. So uh, moving forward, I wanted to start implementing. I just came up with this like right before the we started recording, by the way. So I wanted to start a new little segment at the start of each of our episodes because we talked about how we uh, have a negativity box and a positivity box in our relationship. So if one of us wants to be super petty and complain about something, we'll go, okay, okay, putting up a negativity box here, and then it doesn't leave the box. But the other person (laughs) can't, like, you know, try to play devil's advocate or, you know, the whole uh, toxic positivity thing where someone's having a bad time and you try to convince them that there's no reason to have a bad time. Anyway, and it just makes everything worse. Right. So when we don't want that, we just want to be petty, get something off our chest. We'll be like, okay, negativity box. I'm erecting one here. Wow. <laughs> uh, so I, we do this with positivity box. We've done it on the, cha- on the channel. Ooh, I'm a YouTuber. <laughs> we do this on the podcast before, but... Uh, we we want to really make it a, a consistent thing. A recurring segment. So I was like, okay, what if at the start of every episode, one, each of us just comes up with one thing that we've been vibing with? And we add it to the positivity box. Yeah, and it could be something as simple as like, uh, today I, we went to Trader Joe's. It was pretty great. And we picked up our favorite salsa, which is the ghost pepper. What is it called? Albanero ghost pepper salsa. They're extra spicy. Did we put that in the fridge? It's so good. Yeah, I did. Okay, I, did, I didn't do that. I'm oh glad my you God. did. Thank you. I'm very excited to have that later tonight, even though we don't have any chips. So I don't know what I'm going to put it on. Oh, but... that's a good point. We, we bought it specifically for the purpose of having uh, <laughs> rice and beans and veggies night this week. Mm-hmm. Did not buy chips. Right. So maybe I go back out later today. Well, we also want to get a uh, one of those big calendars. Yeah, the gigantic desk calendars that's like uh, two feet wide. You know <laughs> what I mean? We've been looking for something to put over our bed. maybe instead of like art it's just a huge calendar right because i'm very disorganized in my brain as you may well know by now and i really want to start being consistent about my uploads on instagram and youtube so i want to each month take time to uh like plan out like a little editorial calendar here's the videos i'm making uh and here's all the steps i need and plan it out carefully is this like is this like a, a whiteboard situation no, I want like a calendar you can write, a paper calendar that you can okay. write on, but okay. I want it to be big and I just, I want to actually follow it because I'm the worst at, like I'll buy all of these like fancy agendas and planners and then I'll use them for a week and then I just fizzle out. But if you're in on it, I feel like, I feel like we could make some magic happen. As long as you <laughs> write everything mm-hmm. because my handwriting is literally illegible. <laughs> literally illegible. Well, what if we, what, now hear me out. What if we did get <laughs> a whiteboard one 
I and don't we like whiteboards. Put man. it over the dresser over there. I think whiteboards are crusty. Crusty. Yeah. That's not how I would describe it, but that's I mean, fine. We had a whiteboard, a little stick on whiteboard on our fridge at our old place. Oh, it got used so briefly. Right. <laughs> See what I mean? Like I try to organize my thoughts and then I, it just doesn't work out. But this is something I've been wanting to do a long time. And I feel like the idea is simple enough for me to follow through with because I, I just desperately need some organization in my life. Anyway, the, I start, I'd like have gone off into a tangent, but back to the positivity box thing. What's your, the thing that you're excited about or enjoying this past week? My addition to the positivity box this week is I bought a new bass from a guy on Craigslist yesterday. <laughs> we met at a Chase Bank <laughs> in Chula Vista. It was love at first sight. <laughs> Me and the bass. <laughs> yeah, when we moved out of our house in Colorado, we got rid of a lot of stuff, as you guys know, and... <clears throat> Excuse me. Two of those things were... <laughs> something just got caught in my throat. Uh, two of those things were my bass amp and my bass guitar, because I was like, I don't really use these, and if I'm making a theme song, or yeah, I don't know, if, if we're working on cute threat music, I a, a plug-in on my computer that makes bass sounds gets mm-hmm. the job done. Right. So... I sold it and then we moved here and like literally yesterday, two days ago, I was like, I think I need a base for like videos (laughs) we want to make and whatnot. So I bought one. It wasn't that much more expensive than what I sold that other base for. Mm -hmm. So it's really like I didn't spend that much money on it and I love it. Great. I'm happy for you. I'm excited to hear your bass sounds. Your slapping bass sounds. It sounds crunchy (laughs) and thick. Right. Eric was recording a little Instagram musical cover niblet. on his bass this morning. A niblet. A hashtag mm-hmm. niblet. Hashtag niblet. Bass niblet. <laughs> um, it sounds so It sounds so like a menu wrong. item. <laughs> oh, it does? No, that would be a bass niblet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but he was recording that earlier. And since now we don't have like a living room and a bedroom. and every- Well, we do, but it's a shared it's living room. It's the same room. thing. So unless we're like really wanting to be in a common space with my mom and sister, we're spending most of our time up here. It's like a it's like a big nice dorm room, right? You know, it's like where everything happens, except our mini fridge is not in here; it's (laughs) it's in the other room. Right. So I was taking a nap on the bed, and a couple feet away, Eric was recording this thing on his brand new bass. My brand new used bass. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what's your what are you going to write down on a piece of paper, fold up into thirds, and place in the positivity box today? Oh, 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 the salsa doesn't count. Uh, I didn't intend oh. for the salsa to count. But, okay, good. You know, I really don't know. Now, the first thing that's coming <laughs> to mind now that I'm being put on the spot is that my sister has a lot of video games. She mm. really likes gaming. That's like her... Uh, her thing. Her thing. Um and recently for Nintendo Switch, they re-released these really old games like the Mario 64 for the Nintendo 64 that I remember getting as a like as a cartridge as a Christmas gift when I was a wee, I was going to say a wee lad, lad, a wee lass. Wee lass. <laughs> yeah. And so they recreated it. And a lot of like, you know, there's like multiple generations of Nintendo consoles like Wii, Wii U, Switch, etc. Wait, what's the other one? The GameCube, right. And they've re-released a lot of their old games on various platforms, but Mario 64, Mario 64, they haven't re-released until now. So 
we <laughs> we've Eric and I have been playing it. Eric's been playing it for the first time, right? For the first time, I'm playing Mario 64. <laughs> Sarah makes fun of me because on the East Coast, well, at least in New York, where I'm from, no one says Mario. They call it Mario. Mm-hmm. And that includes me. And it wasn't until recently I was like, yeah, something, something Mario. And everyone was like, Mario? <laughs> What's It's Mario. And I'm like, does it matter? And everyone's like, yeah, it does. So... I was wrong, I admit it. It's okay. So your positivity box edition is... I have Mario 64 in my life again for all of life's stressful moments when you just want to stop thinking about the things that are making you stressed and anxious and zone out and play a video game. Speaking of, how's your brain feeling? It's, it's you know, it's been better. Is it mushy? It's mushy. I feel like mine's mushy too now. I, well, first off, we're recording this much later in the day than we typically do. It's like around six. We tried recording it earlier and sometimes it just doesn't work out, you know? Like I want this podcast to be, even though we have like, I don't know, we have the fewest, um, like the smallest audience for this podcast than we do. On any other platform. Right. But it's like this pot, this audience feels a little special, to, well, a lot special to me. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So I never want to just release something just to release it. Right. It's not like, well, we got to yeah. release something just because like uh, <laughs> it'll it'll get like a million views, even if we don't like it. And like, it'll help us make money. Like, I feel like that's what some <laughs> YouTube channels are probably like. Sure. Like, oh, it's not going to be viral, but it'll get a million views and it'll keep mm-hmm. us eating for the week. Sure. It's like, well, no, it's, we have like a select people, a select group of people who listen to this and we want to make it good because mm-hmm. we care because Our you select care. Select clientele. Yes. Only <laughs> the highest class of people. Uh, right. So we started recording an episode and both of us were just kind of in a bad mood. It was kind of hot. You know, it's been hot. My it's... family is Asian and they feed into the Asian stereotypes about being sheep. And not using the air conditioning. Right. So I just remember growing up and my mom, we would like drive uh, to pick my sister up from school during the time when we weren't over, because we're three years apart, but there were years when she was at middle school and I was in high school. So she'd pick me up first and we'd roll on over. (laughs) We'd roll on over to the middle school and we'd just be waiting there in the heat. And I grew up in a desert uh, and and we just have the windows open waiting for my sister to get out of school and i'm like please just close the windows and turn the air conditioning on (laughs) yeah well it's funny because we kept our house in colorado like during this past summer i think i kept the ac on 71 or Mm -hmm. 72 the whole time Mm -hmm. but now that we've been here for it's literally only been one week and i'm like in a day oh my god oh yeah it's today monday yeah every day is going so fast i feel like i kind of like it like like okay right now it's 80.6 degrees in our bedroom right now we're recording this Mm -hmm. and if that was in our house i feel like before we moved i'd be like oh my god i'm dying right but i feel like unless i'm different yeah it's just different here we have a fan on and it's like kind of nice when we're going to sleep i want it to be cooler but like during this isn't bothering me i feel like if it was 71 i'd be like "Ugh, the air is so cold and stale right and piercing well, I was saying the other day... Oh my God, who am I? Am I an old woman? <laughs> See, I like I like for it to be a little bit on the warmer side because I just always run cold. 
Um, but I was saying like last summer, Eric was still working his job out outside of the house. And I, I, you know, I try to outrun my upbringing, but there are parts of me that are still very frugal. <laughs> Not that there's any, anything wrong with being frugal, but just like sometimes I'm needlessly frugal. I just love that you and I both come from backgrounds that feed into the stereotype of being frugal. <laughs> right. Because you're Asian and I am from a Jewish family. Right. So like not the same culture, but same if there's stereotype. any overlap if there's any overlap between the two cultures, it's that stereotype. Right. And you know, they're true. Mm-hmm. But when Eric was working at his job, like in the summer, I would just turn on the air conditioner like an hour before Eric got home because I knew if he got home and I hadn't had the air conditioner on, he'd be grumpy. And then during the <laughs> during the winter, I would just carry this little space heater around and point it right at me like I'd sit on the floor with my fuzzy blanket. I'm always sitting on the floor. Do you know what I mean? I do. Um, and I just carry it around with me room to room. And then again, I would turn it on, turn the heater for the house on before Eric got home. Um. And then, obviously, this past year, since Eric has not been working at his job, our power bill has doubled. (laughs) And I'm paying for it. I have to uh, suffer financially because of your temperature dysregulation. I have a bad temperature. (laughs) Well, I mean, does it make you feel better that we've only rarely used the AC Mm -hmm. up here since in the last week? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really do like, I kind of like this like slightly sticky feeling. Do you? <laughs> do you know I'm, what I mean? That's taking some getting used to. Like, right, because Colorado, the humidity is like negative a thousand and I <laughs> felt like I was aging rapidly, <laughs> right? Like, it's like I was this young woman who moved there for love and then... <laughs> and then you dried up and got crusty. You aged yeah. 40 years. <laughs> Over the span of three actual years. <laughs> yeah. So I like be See, I, we come here, and it, we were at Target earlier today buying uh, seltzer water, because Target has a great selection. <laughs> it's really seltzer abound over at, <laughs> over at the local Target. It's the literal watering hole. <laughs> Are you okay? Sarah is about to pee her... She's literally crying. She's sitting on the bed, beat red, wiping her tears away. Okay, okay. I'm Are you okay? To, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of want to pause the podcast, but I'm just going to let this ride. This is fascinating. <laughs> Why are you? I am crying. What is it? I just feel. I just feel like sometimes, you know, you get so stressed for such a long period of time that things just become funny. Mm-hmm. And I but feel like we weren't like talking about stress. We were talking about <laughs> seltzer. I know. It was just the way that I, like, <laughs> transitioned to that topic. It felt like it was an ad read. Oh, I see. <laughs> it's like, damn it, I can't escape the ad reads in this life of mine. It's like the Truman Show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, instead of Jim Carrey, it's seltzer. <laughs> Um, what was I saying? The show's not about us. It's about the seltzer. (laughs) Right. So we were at Target earlier and it was like a little like, uh, I don't know. It was just like moist in there. (laughs) The air was moist. It's moist everywhere here compared to Colorado. Right. But I I feel like my skin is plump and healthy. Oh yeah. I feel like that too. Yeah. I really do feel like it's 
the life is returned to me. Well, I, I have this, or I've had this problem when I lived in Colorado where I'd go for runs and my nose, like the inside of my nasal passage would get really dry and then I'd be sneezing for the rest of the day. And it was just, it was, it was an awful, awful vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. And Sarah was like, hey, you've been running here and you haven't sneezed at all. Right. And I'm like, oh, because there's humidity in my face. Right. <laughs> in your face. I know the things that will set you <laughs> off. You're, she's really in a, uh, in a specific mood, people. Yeah. Um, running has been nice. It's, it's still quite hot, but I, I'm excited for it to cool down a little bit. We got out of bed 45 minutes later than we should have to make it like a perfect temperature for running. Sorry. It's fine. See what I mean? Like, I've just been so exhausted. I feel like... The week of the move and like packing and cleaning that house and then driving for three days, it just like took it. I have negative energy. Should in we the just bank sleep till right Thanksgiving? Now. You know, I would, except I need to make a Thanksgiving ebook. Right. So maybe next year. <laughs> Do you guys want a Thanksgiving ebook? Would that be cool for you? What if they were like, please no? They were like, actually, no. <laughs> they are opposed enough to it that they email us to say, please don't make this. Send us an email if you want. <laughs> Or don't want a Thanksgiving ebook. I really do want to make it a Thanksgiving ebook, or just like a general holiday ebook. We're totally not talking about the topic that we had planned out, but it's okay. We it's will, only been twenty minutes. <laughs> we'll segue into that shortly. Um, we'll segue like Job. I was literally going to say that, but really? I didn't want to say it and then start laughing hysterically again. <laughs> Wait, so we've used the word segue a million times. This is what happens with Sarah and I: is that. We'll say something however many times over the course of our relationship. And then at the, then one time, one of us will say it and it'll trigger like some obscure reference. But it'll trigger it at the same time for both of us. And then we'll both like, we'll both make the joke. And we're like, we've said segue so many times, yet this is the first time we've both thought of Arrested Development. <sighs> well, we're just, you know... <laughs> made for each other or something yes Um, we finish each other's sandwiches sandwiches (laughs) um okay what was i saying before this uh running oh yeah well this is really not that important i just wanted to cap off the story you were telling about running by saying Mm. i was gonna i've started and restarted and stopped and completed couch to 5k program so many times over the past several years and i mean we we've technically finished it in oh no like literally finished it in we actually did spring and we were kind of running 5ks and i was like "Eh, fuck this (laughs) (laughs) and then it just got too hot and so i was like okay well this is as good time as any to start it again i usually start it in the middle because the very first few weeks is like running for 30 seconds Mm. And I have graduated past that now. Your your baseline yeah. is past the the entry. Right. Like I feel like once well you, this this is a perfect segue. It's like sometimes the I, I feel like a lot of the things holding you back for running or like f- most physical things, health things, exercise things, it's like very mental and emotional. And it's like once you get to a point where you prove to yourself that you are capable of doing something, then you never really need to start back from zero. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like maybe 
I was never like so unfit that I couldn't run for 30 seconds. But for me, it's there's no doubt that like in my brain, I identified as someone who couldn't run, who wasn't athletic my entire life. So I needed the structure of the program to push me to be accountable to. And then once I realized I could do it, now I, I never have to start from square one again. Mm. So usually when I start Couch to 5K again, I start week like four or five. Yeah. You know what I've noticed? Mm. You know, I've noticed that or what I've noticed that microdosing shrooms does to me or does for me, I should say, mm. is that while you were talking about that, I was I went deep into <laughs> a into like a thought process. Okay. But normally if i haven't taken any i would have like just lost completely lost sight of what you were talking about but i was able to have this thought process on the side and also understand what you were saying you were talking about juggling right (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know no but i was thinking i was thinking like for positivity box and i want to do a a supporter shout out before we get into the main topic oh yeah and i was like i should make I should make little audio cues for every time we do it. Oh. Like, ba-ba-da-bop, supporter shout out. All of the audio cues are you saying something in a weird voice. Um, well, who else would it be? <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to hire someone to do it. I'm the person that gets hired to do this. Okay. Wouldn't that be cool, though? Yeah. Let's do it. I, I'm hiring you. I'm commissioning you. Okay. I'm not going to pay you, though. That's fine. <laughs> um, but if I were to pay you, I would pay you from our joint account, which is... Only has money from our anchor supporters. Okay, so with that being said, <laughs> it's time for our supporter shout out. Okay, and then I'm going to put the audio cue right in that space. Okay, so shout out to Inga Pfeiffer, Alexis May, Kevin P. Dooley, Nina Schmidt, Izzy, Anna Dureka, Megan Stewart, our newest supporter, and Sarah Creighton. Thank you. You, this is always so <laughs> awkward for us, and you too, fellow listener, can subscribe. Can do- <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying it's to say. It's usually not awkward for you. Yeah, Eric was just born to ask for things. Give me <laughs> money, please. I was telling Eric that despite having four sisters, he has the personality of an only child. That's because <laughs> I'm a whore for attention. <laughs> He's the only boy. He's the youngest. It makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so show, so shall we segue? Sure. <laughs> okay, so what did you name this episode? Redefining... What is possible. Redefining what is possible. Right. So what do we mean by this? What we mean is... Okay, so everyone has this, like, dream life, right? But a lot of times people assume, like, oh, this will happen someday, We'll, we'll do this another time when, when everything is, when the timing's perfect or when certain circumstances change or whatever. And it's like, sometimes like time passes and you realize that you have accomplished or acquired things that you once had dreamt of. But because humans are humans and we're just always kind of, um, we have this like happiness set point. This is like an actual documented thing in psychology you're not just like making it up right (laughs) um yeah we have this happiness set point so it's like we we have these things which we think would completely change our lives 
and make us so happy. We're like, oh, I'll be happy when I accomplish this, this, and this. Um, but it's it never really happens that way. Do you know what I mean? Like you accomplish the things you've been planning and then your mind just kind of immediately goes, okay, well, now what? What's next? And you just readjust. And now your new set point is here instead of where where you previously had less. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I feel like I didn't explain it in the best way, but... Um, it makes sense to me. Right. So I think what is useful sometimes, um, especially if you're someone who's like prone to anxious thoughts, depressive thoughts like myself, where it's very easy to get down on yourself and assume you're not where you want to be in life, uh, you're not accomplishing things at the pace that would be preferable to you. I feel like sometimes it can be good to do a little inventory Mm -hmm. and see what things you have now that at one point seemed like very distant possibilities to you or maybe weren't even on your radar like however many years ago. So we want to do that for ourselves today and maybe you can relate to some of these things. We took notes. We did. That's how you know shit's going down. Mm -hmm. Okay, so where do you want to start? I think you should start. I feel like I talk too much. Okay. 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 <laughs> uh, well, how do, I don't even know how to start the conversation. Okay. Well, do you want me to just read some of the things we wrote down? Sure. Well, the first thing that came to mind when I was like, okay, well, Eric, give me like three examples of things. Eric? <laughs> I said Eric's name and he f- felt weird about it for you some don't reason. You call me you Eric. Know, sometimes. You call me Mr. Handsome. Uh, I never have called you that. Uh, sometimes it is weird when people say my first name. It kind of freaks yeah, me out. Yeah, it's weird, right, Sarah? Some, <laughs> sometimes I Sarah. feel like my name shouldn't be my name. Do you Do you ever feel oh, that way? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I don't know what my name would be. And also, I, I don't know a lot of people named Eric. Mm. So I'm like, what is in Eric? <laughs> right? Like, if my name was James, I'd be like, well, yeah, I know every, everyone's name is James. I'm just <laughs> another James. But I'm... Eric I've also I've also in my lifetime noticed I'm I sometimes don't know how to say my name Eric does that make sense no like sometimes you're like (laughs) what's your name and I feel like it I feel like it comes out of my mouth weird and wrong right I'm like Eric I feel like that can happen with anything that you think too much about bowl right Bowl? bowl well like we just well actually not we just but now a couple weeks ago at this point before we had moved, we were looking for like, I was like, I just want a good show, like a a comedy show, something that will make me laugh. And so I was like Googling, um, this is going to be a long story. It's (laughs) it's fine. I'm going to put the fan in the window. Okay. I was Googling. I was like, okay, give me a good comedy show. Shit's Creek kept coming up and Eric and I have watched a couple of episodes and we just can't get into it. Something's wrong with us. Um, so we have a sense of humor that's what's wrong with us russian doll came up and i was like okay well this sounds like the perfect combination of existentially thought-provoking and funny like dark humor so we watched that anyway there's this point this isn't like really a major spoiler it's not at all because you'll if you watch it which you should uh you'll very quickly come to realize that this woman the main character is just dying constantly She's reliving the same night of her life and she just always dies. So she dies in all of these strange and horrific ways. And one of them, she was talking about how, do you ever just think like too hard about chewing and then you forget how to do it? (laughs) 
So she's like eating a chicken wing and she thinks too hard about it and starts choking. And that's one of the ways she dies. Yeah. So I, you saying you couldn't remember how to say your name sometimes reminded me of that. Anyway. You should absolutely watch that show if you have access to Netflix. Right. Probably through a friend or a parent's account <laughs> that you don't pay for. That's how most people have Netflix. Can I tell a story about that? Yes. Okay. And then I swear we'll get to it. But... I got in a blow up fight with my family when I was in college because <laughs> this is this is so like perfectly my family dynamic. It's it's like it doesn't get any more like the cop Quinn Ames family than this. <laughs> but in our group text, I was like I think a junior see I think I was a junior in college and I was up at school and they were talking Who's logged into Netflix? I wanna watch Netflix and this was this is my two eldest sisters who were twins who when I was that when I was 20 when that was happening they were like 27 mm-hmm. right or 26 27 and they were like we want to watch I'm watching Netflix no I'm watching Netflix and I was like Mallory Jessica get your own Netflix accounts you're almost 30 and my <laughs> stepmom was like do you have your own and I was like you're like I'm a baby <laughs> I'm like hey I'm like the little prince remember <laughs> she's like you're not my child um and they're like do you have your own eric and i was like no but i will right now and i signed out and just bought it for eleven dollars a month right never looked back everyone was pissed at me when that <laughs> happened and i mean did they ask if they could use your account no <laughs> that would have been funny though in my defense they were uh 27 years old so i stand by it sorry jess sorry mal love you guys <laughs> okay so redefining what's possible okay One of the things I realized is there are so many things you can do and be successful at. Like with today's world of technology, you can just do things that didn't exist 10 years ago. And And get paid for it. And get paid for it. And so what comes to mind is these new videos that we're going to make on the Cute Threat channel of... I think I've talked about this. I don't know how specific I've gotten. The style like, swaps. Yeah. But like, so my first video idea for us is going to be, I'm going to recreate Blinding Lights by The weekend, and I'm going to recreate it as a Paramore song. Mm-hmm. So like, what would it sound like if Paramore had written it instead of The weekend? So I'm going to turn it into like this pop punk song that's from 15 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that was a thing. Like, I didn't know. I just didn't realize. It wasn't on my radar. Until I started watching YouTube videos of people doing it. And then right. even then I was like, I can't do that. These people do it. Mm-hmm. And it took a lot. It's been a year and a half of Sarah being like, why don't you just try it? You can do it. Like, even if other people make stuff like that, it's not going to be the same when you do it. You're a different person. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I don't have any subscribers. Uh, uh, uh. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, wait, I have very, very specific skills that I can use in ways I didn't think I could use them. Sometimes you just think you have very specific skills and they're too specific. Mm -hmm. Like you can't do anything with it. Right. But think about how many niche channels there are. We talked about this many, many episodes back, right? Where it's like, you love the Lonely Island. They make comedy, well, not just music videos, but they make a lot of like funny music videos and parodies of like popular songs too, right? Mm -hmm. Or like think of like Weird Al, right? 
Yeah, Weird Al's been making a career out of it for 40 years. Yeah, I mean, what if he was like, oh, this is just like a, th- a fun thing I do on the side, but, you know, I really, uh, I just have to go to this accounting job. But really, <laughs> Weird Al's a genius. Right. And, like, yeah, like, he has original songs, and they're good, and they're funny, mm-hmm. but his true genius is making parody songs. Right. And it sounds like something so stupid, mm-hmm. but if Weird Al was just, like, some dummy... He wouldn't be Weird Al. Like, right. he's a legitimate genius. Yeah. So I think a lot of... Uh, so, well, well, there's always these specific themes that we keep revisiting in the podcast because everything is connected in life. Um, Everything's what? Everything is connected. Oh, connected. Uh, um, and it's like so much of life, I think, life's work is is coming into who you really are, what talents like are... Uh, make you happy to explore and recognizing that as weird or random as the talent may be, it might be the thing that someone else wants. Do you know what I mean? Like you, until you've watched like a weird owl video, you're probably not thinking, Oh, I need this, um, strange music video parody of Lady Gaga's born this way. But then it might really brighten your day, right? Do you know what I mean? Do you know what that parody was? Is that was that a real example? Uh, yeah, Do you know I think it's called? it's called "Perform This Way," mm. right? Yeah. So, I mean, you brought this up because you were like, you you should talk about this, and that's well. Now, part of what I do as my job is I make theme songs for people. Mm-hmm. Right. Can I, do you mind if I, is it okay if I, can I, yeah, I, 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 I just kind of like created that Fiverr gig as just on a whim, mm-hmm. like, oh, I can make some extra dough, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but if you search for like podcast theme song on Fiverr, you get like a million, a million people are like, I'll do it, 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 I'll do it. Right. And I'm like, well, why would I do it if that's. Mm-hmm. if that's already it's already taken mm-hmm. right and then lo and behold i have been successful at it right and i've even been fiverr's choice i'm fiverr's choice right now i'm fiverr's <laughs> nice. choice all the time <laughs> isn't that weird right so if you guys aren't familiar fiverr is like a freelance gig site so you can host you can post your any kind of gig really it's mostly graphic design i think a lot of graphic design uh marketing uh music production really any video editing Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Eric has some gigs up there. So if you want a podcast theme or a theme for your YouTube channel, you can search him on there. If you search for theme song in Fiverr, you'll see me. <laughs> I'm there, baby, and I'm Fiverr's choice. Right. So Fiverr, I guess, just randomly will designate, like, because people leave ratings, right? Mm-hmm. Which is good because, you know, I love my ratings. I like making informed decisions. You are a Yelper. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> so Fiverr will bestow upon people who have good ratings uh, Fiverr's choice. So it kind of like promotes you a little bit more when people search for a specific gig. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's great. But yeah. I feel like when he first posted, right, you posted the gig originally in our first apartment in the basement, right? Mm-hmm. Then you ended up turning it off because you were like, well, I'm not really making that much money here. I still have my uh, my warehouse job. What's the point, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then it kind of just, um, 
became a thing where I had, I mean, it, it ebbs and flows, but sometimes I'm like, huh, I have uh, a theme song to do every single day this week, mm-hmm. which I don't actually know how much that is, like how much work that is for people who do it for like a living mm-hmm. and are wealthy from doing stuff like this. Right. But yeah, it's pretty cool. And I, I didn't think that I just had no idea that you could do that. Like I know Uncle Jesse on Full House, John Stamos's character. Mm-hmm. I know he, he like wrote jingles for a living in that show. Oh. And also Charlie Sheen's character on Two and a Half Men was a jingle writer. Oh. So that's two characters in two very popular shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I it's so weird because it that's like only a thing that happens in today's world, right? They, like they were writing jingles for companies. Right, like 1-800-GET-YOUR-CAR-WASHED. Like, right. something like that. Mm-hmm. But without the internet, there would be no... People are just making podcasts left and right, and they're like, I need a theme song. Right. That didn't happen 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen 10 years ago. Yeah. So I didn't know it was possible, and here I am. And even once you knew it was possible, you were like, oh, it's not very probable that I'll be able to make that much money. But it, luckily, you... I mean, you kind of, like, started taking it more seriously out of necessity, right? Like, you lost your job in, what, January, February? Mm -hmm. And then you're like, okay, well, now I have this time to do freelance work. And it's like you assumed for so many, for so long that you wouldn't get that many gigs. And then they started pouring in during a pandemic of of all times. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's, it's important to not assume that you know everything, right? Because sometimes you end up limiting yourself out of caution and you don't let things come through that are waiting to come through. Right. Right. Same goes with like, you know, I mean, I make my living on YouTube, which is so weird. Like it, it, this is like another thing that I remember when I first started making YouTube videos, I made makeup videos in like high school and college. And at the time they had the YouTube partner program. So it's like once you had a certain amount of subscribers, you had to uh, apply to this partner program that was like super exclusive and they had all these rules that could disqualify you from being part of it. And once you got disqualified one time, it was like over. So like sometimes people would get disqualified and they'd be like, oh, I guess I have to move my entire audience over to a new channel just to get this to go through. And now it's like you, you can monetize your YouTube channel pretty easily. But at the time well, like 10 years ago, it was so new that it was like no one knew they could be making a living off of this, right? So at the time, it was like just people who were making content because it was fun. And that's very much like what I was doing at the time. So it's right. it's like just important to follow your intuition to be like, well, this is something that like for, for you, music is satisfying to you. Do you know what I mean? Like you never came home from your warehouse job even though you had like kind of a position of authority, you never came home and were like, I had this like really satisfying like experience today where I was able to help. Like you definitely are the problem, were the problem solver and you helped people and you had close relationships at that job, but you never like, you know what I mean? Like you never really came home and raved about like a really positive experience. And the thing with that kind of company is I would ask people, I'm like, what do you get out of this? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you feel like you're contributing? Because I don't feel like I'm contributing anything to society. Mm-hmm. Like, with the stuff we sell, I just feel like it doesn't matter and I'm useless. Right. And they're like, oh, well, we just think about it this way. We, like, bring joy to the people who buy our stuff. They buy mm-hmm. it and they feel happy. And that, like, 
this is going to sound like I'm an awful person, but that never really connected with me. Right. I never felt, I never actually felt that. I understand how people feel like that. Mm -hmm. And I am that consumer usually where I get something and I'm happy. Mm -hmm. But it it never connected in my brain. Right. It just, I was like, yeah, I I get, I understand that I should feel like that, but I don't. Right. And so another, another thing that always comes up in our podcast and that I think is, one of the necessary preconditions for accomplishing the things that you want is to know when to step away from things and to to accept that if you don't have um so like if you see someone else finding meaning in this particular job and you can't relate to that it doesn't mean that there's like a deficit in your personality it just means that that's not where you're going to find meaning mm-hmm. and so it can be useful rather than assuming you need to change your mindset to enjoy something that isn't naturally like enjoyable to you that like maybe I can vacate this position or work towards vacating this position for someone else who can find that meaning and then find my own meaning somewhere else and I feel like so often we know where we can find that meaning but in the same way that we assume when other people are satisfied we should be satisfied doing the same thing we say, oh, other people aren't doing, aren't finding success this way, so I can't either. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's like, it's just hard. And it's it's harder, too, because we have people we look up to, right? Like, for example, your parents, they have a very different life from you, right? And so it's like, they're not always going to give advice, that is necessarily like an alignment with the life you're trying to build. And it's very hard sometimes to kind of know it's, it's hard to follow your heart, right? Because there's tons of different voices from family, from friends, from society at large. And it, it's so much of the work is like tapping into your intuition. Yeah. My parents have never had successful entertainment careers and been popular musicians. Like, they've been successful with what they do, but it's hard to give advice when Mm -hmm. your life experience has been just so utterly different than what, like, the person you're giving advice to is trying to do. Right. You know? And I just just want to bring it around to the very beginning of this topic real quick, just to round out this portion of it. But with the theme songs and everything, Fiverr we were talking about, it all comes back to, I have a very specific skill, which is that I'm good at writing catchy things. And I never could really translate it to like my music. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that I write the perfect kind of catchy stuff for theme songs. Right. And it's like a skill I never knew how to utilize until recently. Mm-hmm. And I think, see, that's the reason I brought up your past work is because you never really had that level of deep satisfaction. And now it's like, it's really easy to look at what you do. I, I do it all the time with like making food videos. I'm like, why? This doesn't matter. Like there's all of these issues happening in the world. And like, it's like, oh, you make jingles. Like how can you get deep satisfaction out of that? But it's like when you're making something as an artist for someone, you are, I don't know. It's like a very personal exchange, right? Because it's like you are doing something that someone else is not equipped to do but that is important enough for them to spend money on. And that's going to be kind of like part of the face of their business or podcast or whatever they have cooking up. (laughs) Like the job I was doing in the warehouse, anyone could do. Mm -hmm. Like when I got let go, they didn't, they didn't fill that position Mm -hmm. because it was kind of like, well, everyone else will just take care of it 
as a, as a group, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like someone on Fiverr the other day, I made a theme song for this person. And she paid for the package above what she needed to. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, you can you can cancel it and get your refund and then you can pay for the cheaper one like i don't want you to spend more money than you have to Mm -hmm. she was like i really like your stuff and i can tell that you're good at what you do so like it's fine i'll just pay the extra money Mm -hmm. and i was like what what (laughs) what no just take she's like no it's fine and it's like oh i'm this makes sense Mm -hmm. and like that feels good because not any you can't just backfill that position with anyone Mm -hmm. yeah i'm like oh i'm actually using my skills Right. For something. And there have been like so many occasions where you've been like, oh, you have to listen to this thing that I made today. It's really cool. Yeah. I'm like, it's some weird theme song about like space, but listen to it. So maybe even if it's, so I think that's important too, right? Is like, we all have, no, we don't all, but a lot of times I feel like we have more distant dreams and we feel like we're so far away from them. But I think sometimes, um, being able to find this like position in between that allows us to still develop the skills that we're wanting to use for that more advanced goal, right? It's not like 50 years from now you want to be making jingles for people. I mean, maybe you do, but it's like at least now you're spending most of the time working, developing a skill that you can use for your own like passion project, right? Whereas, you know, if you're spending your time at a warehouse, you're not able to do that, right? So it's like always trying to find, I don't just to extract what you can, right? Like sometimes we're just in situations we don't want to be in and we can't really do anything about it at that time. But I am a firm believer that there is always something to be learned there. Um something I talk about is how much time I've spent. I like, I really have tried to, I mean, it's mostly because I have social anxiety and I don't like the idea of managing other people or telling other people what to do, but I've very much kept my whole Sarah's vegan kitchen operation. Like I do everything. So I've spent a lot of time researching photography, like, and videography and color grading and video editing and all of these things. And like, I built my website, right? And it's like, yeah, it's now I'm at a point where I'm like, I can't do well. This is not like my, what was the term we used the other day? Like the zone of genius. Yeah. Right. But it's like now a lot of the things that I've spent a lot of time learning for Sarah's Vegan Kitchen and we can apply to our music, right? Like we don't have to pay someone to make our website right now. We don't have to pay someone to edit together like a simple, um, music video video. oh yeah right and i can do most of the photo editing if we want to take pictures and post them on instagram and even if that's not what i hope to be doing forever like i'd much rather in the future hire people to do these things so that they can excel at the things they're passionate about right it's like me trying to write my own jingle right (laughs) and so when i have you it's like if we can all just i think like the perfect world is where we're just all acknowledging everyone's individual like quirky strengths and being willing to pay other people for what they're great at and they pay us for what we're great at but you know that's why this episode is advocating for socialism because (laughs) just kidding Uh, just kidding um it's actually funny i was thinking like well what if what if sarah did write a jingle 
And then I was thinking of it just being like in the tone of your uh, your original music. Right. And it's just like no matter what the topic <laughs> is about, it's like Come kind of sad. Come by this fucking car. Hope you don't crash in it. <laughs> and if you do, I hope you have insurance. <laughs> Speaking of insurance, I'll sell it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sell you insurance and a car. Two different jingles, two different brands. One guy, me, making all the money. <laughs> Okay. Right. So that was weird. What? Um, where were we? Where were we? What's next on the list? Okay. Uh, well, well. Okay. Okay. Here's here's how we got into this topic in the first place. Is that earlier today when we tried to f- record this podcast episode, we were originally going to talk about our experience, you know, moving back in with my family. During a pandemic. And I feel like, like zombies. Right. I feel like a lot of people are doing this though, right? Because I don't know. Our generation, especially, I think, is struggling, right? Money is hard for us. Eric is opening a mason jar of Skittles. I don't know if you can hear that. Um, you, you need a little pick-me-up right now? I need a little boost. <laughs> so we were going to talk about our experience. Like, how has it been our first week living with my family is coming to a, well, has come to a close. We're in the next week. Um, (laughs) We're going to talk about our experience with that. And then I was like, this is bad. But we were kind of on the topic of, wow, isn't it cool though, that despite all the challenges of now sharing a space with other people, we're in San Diego doing it. Isn't that cool? Because, even though I I grew up in California, lived in California until I went, I moved to Colorado a few years ago. Something about me when I left California, I was like, well, I can't come back here because it's expensive. And if I do come back here, it's going to be when I'm much older and have accumulated wealth. And then it's like, well, when are you going to do that? And where are you going to do that? Right. And we were in this place in Colorado that really wasn't a, the proper cultural fit for us. But we just did, could not entertain, like, we were thinking, like, well, where do we want to move? Because we don't like this suburb that we're living in. We're like, well, can we move into, um, uh, where was it? We were gonna, Colorado Springs, another part of Colorado that's a little less expensive. Maybe we can save some money, work on the music. And then we're like, well, maybe we should move to Austin. There's, like, a good music scene there. And it's cheaper than where we live in Colorado. And sure, it's 110 degrees every single day, and you don't <laughs> like the heat, Eric, but... You'll be fine, right? <laughs> right. And then uh, we were like, oh, well, maybe we'll move to the Pacific Northwest. We have friends there. Uh, and sure, it's rainy and cloudy all the time and Sarah has chronic depression, <laughs> but it'll be fine, right? Right. And like money was very much a big factor in all these things because we were like, well, we could probably find a nice space for less than we're paying here in Colorado, right? Right. It's like we can find a, a nice place for X amount of money near Portland, and, like, that same place would cost X plus $400 a month in San Diego. So we couldn't possibly live there. Right. And then we were like, well, what if, and, and by no means am I saying that you should, like, blow money that's out of your budget to, like, have a certain lifestyle that's desirable to you. Obviously make pr- prudent financial decisions. <laughs> but I think that if if you can be a little more flexible with your thinking and say, well, what do I really want? Why do I want it? Is it worth, like, is it, do you know what I'm saying? Like, just actually evaluating what you really want. 
And we were thinking of all these places and we were like, well, we just don't want to live in Colorado. But uh, that wasn't really the case. We didn't want to live in Colorado where we were living for specific reasons, for the weather, um, for like the lack of things to do there, right? Because we don't do winter sports. We're not super outdoorsy. We tried to go through that phase of our lives. And that's a few episodes back. You can listen. Right. And we're like, well, Eric's always wanted to live in San Diego. I lived in California and I like it there. And I've spent a lot of time in San Diego over the course of my life. And every time he and I have been here together, it's been so much fun. It's been right? magical. Right. And we we're like, well, what if we just find a way to go there? And we didn't like come out here and move into a luxury apartment. You know, we had to take this intermediate step of moving in with my mom and sister to save some money and like kind of figure out what we're going to do with our career in the meantime. But I think that's the whole point is that once you can kind of open your mind, sometimes you'll see possibilities that weren't apparent to you before. Right. Mm -hmm. So the analogy that I always talk about is like using Google maps and it's like, Google Maps is dynamic. It will tell you, it knows where there's crashes or backups or where you could save a few minutes. But if you are setting your ways and you think that there's only one way to get somewhere, right? If you're like, I'm in Colorado and you put in San Diego and you're like, this is the only route I can take, I've committed it to memory. And then you just, you're just not open to, oh, there's a pileup, you know, along this route. It's going to take you 20 extra minutes or whatever. It's going to take you hours extra. I mean, even 20 minutes in this analogy is months, mm -hmm. right. right? When you expand it to right. fit the analogy. Yeah. So the point is just like if you are dead set on doing things a specific way, then you might not be open to other possibilities that will get you there faster or in a slightly different way, but that's maybe even better, Right. And, like, I, I apply this to our relationship a lot, too, because it's like we met on Instagram, and a lot of people are meeting online now, but it's very hard to, there's no way for you to control it, right? You can't go on, you can't download Tinder and be like, well, I'm going to find my soulmate now. Do you know what I mean? But it's like, if you can just be open to possibilities and kind of follow your intuition, something can come through that, you, like, I did not. I could not have planned you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, if most people who try to find love on the internet download Tinder or Bumble, mm -hmm. not Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's just, it was just extra special that mm -hmm. we did find each other that way. Right. And we weren't trying to, is the thing, right? So it's like... Thank you, YouTube algorithm, for suggesting <laughs> me Sarah's videos. <laughs> I just think like the theme here is like so many things we you just don't know what really the universe has in store for you at all. But if you follow kind of like the next like follow anything that feels kind of good, just anything, spend more time on that rather than the things that make you feel like crap, the thoughts that make you feel like crap, the activities that make you feel like crap. You don't need to know like the next like massive step right? We keep talking about this, like just find the next manageable thing that your subconscious mind can latch on to and be like, yeah, this is totally possible for me. You know, like watch TV shows, go on social media, find someone who, ha who has what you want. That's that, that next step along. But it's like, 
you know, then all of a sudden you're not working at Starbucks anymore. You are getting paid to make videos about vegan meatballs. You know what I mean? And try to think of, try to extrapolate every possible scenario based on, like, like for me, for example, if you're trying to figure out what you want to do with your life, mm-hmm. think about what you're amazing at and what you love the most and literally extrapolate every single possibility, mm-hmm. right? Because, so like one last thing I wanted to touch on was that I always thought of myself as, I'm a songwriter. I started writing songs when I was in high school and I learned how to play the guitar. And like, I always thought I wrote some pretty good catchy songs, Mm -hmm. but it never like took me to a place. Right. And I'm like, okay, well I am, I have this identity as a songwriter. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't until like three months ago when we started working on original cute threat songs, which are Sarah's songs where she's like, I wrote this on the guitar, but like, let's make it a pop song. Mm -hmm. Like, what do we do? And it was only until then I realized my songwriting talent was best used for assisting someone else, in this case, Sarah, Mm -hmm. in taking her song and like blowing it up into a full-fledged production. Mm. And I'm like, hmm, that's that's even, that's a more specific skill than just being a songwriter Mm -hmm. is using songwriting as a tool to take an already good song and Mm -hmm. make it in in my humble opinion amazing (laughs) right so and i'm i'm the complementary piece of that puzzle right because my entire life i don't i've not been like in bands and writing music forever the way that eric has because i always assumed well i i don't really have that much mastery of like music theory i can't really play an instrument masterfully so you know i don't have all the pieces i need to make music so why spend time doing it but it's like now i have this partner who who has all of my opposite talents and also some overlapping that allow us to work well together but like also keep in mind that we've been dating for three years and we only started making music jointly you know writing music together very recently because even when you have all the pieces there unless you are willing to be flexible in your thinking right like those possibilities just don't make themselves themselves apparent to you right and you were you were the missing piece of my musical puzzle mm-hmm. where i never felt my lyrics were that strong and then that's your that's your biggest strength mm-hmm. and like putting your amazing lyrics with your great songs and then adding in everything i've learned over my entire lifetime about music mm-hmm. i'm like huh basically what i mean is like if you if you're a good songwriter and you bring me a good song and say help mm-hmm. It will come out better than if I were to just write a song on my own. Sometimes. Well, yeah, sometimes. Right. And like, just like another example, like this is not a personal example. This is just I'm making this up off the top of my head. But if you're like, well, you know, I, I feel like I'm a, I can write really good songs, but like I'm not a great lyricist. Like, I, so I'm never going to be successful. Like I, I write shitty lyrics. What can I do? Right. Like, that's it. I should just give up. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like you can still write amazing songs and like go out and try to find someone who's like, I have no musical talent, but I love writing poems or lyrics. Like my sister Lauren, I mean, she Mm -hmm. does have musical talent, but 
she just writes lyrics and lyrics and lyrics. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what do I do? Can you help me? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I already kind of do this <laughs> in my other project. <laughs> but like, you can find people. Elton John didn't write his own goddamn lyrics. Mm-hmm. He, he teamed up with an amazing lyricist and mm-hmm. that was their thing. Right. Like, just try to think of like every possible, what can I do with my skill set? Right. Yeah. So I think like, I kind of want to like wrap everything up into like these neat little points, which is hard because I don't have the time to, we're on air right now. Um, but I feel like, like what we're saying here is like, I feel like each of us has this set of talents that for some of us, like very early on, like we know, okay, this is how I'm going to, this is how I'm going to make my livelihood. Right. A lot of like some people get lucky enough to do that, but a lot of us, me and you like we have these talents that we're like well I really wish I could make this a major part of my career so that I don't have to do other things that I prefer less but it's like so often I think we get wrapped up in our other responsible our adult responsibilities like that nine-to-five job whatever and we just let we put all of our passions completely on the back burner or we feel like it has to be this like all or none thing. We're like, we feel bad if we're spending time like writing a lyric or something. You're like, well, I could be doing something that makes me money or that advances my career in some way. And I feel like the important thing is to always like leave that, um, leave the door open for these things that seem like distant. Like I have no clue how this is going to happen but I wanted to like, you don't need to know. That's what I'm saying is just don't, don't stop. Like always keep it alive in some way. It's like a, a sourdough starter. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like all you need to do is just like feed, feed it. it a little bit. And even if there's times in your life, life that are really hectic, you're like, well, I'm super buried with work or I don't know. Like I have a lot going on. I can't like spend eight hours a day, like learning, these things that I need to you like working on my passion project just like do a little bit right because um what you hear when you're learning an instrument or a language is it's so much better to do a little bit every single day than to try to like fit three hours of practice into one day obviously it's better if you can practice every day for an extended period of time but like just keeping things alive a little bit a day is the best and that's like what you right like it it took you longer to get to a point where you were making money from music because there were periods where you just didn't do it because of work and stress and all of that but I think like the the more you can kind of keep something alive give it a little bit of your time every day the better even if you don't have an exact plan for it and something else that's coming to mind as like a like an end point kind of thing is something that I've learned clearly is you don't always have to do everything yourself. Mm-hmm. Like I've gotten wrapped up and I know you people listening have also done this because I think everyone does at some point. But we get very wrapped up in like, look at this famous person. Mm-hmm. It's just them and they're amazing and they're successful. Like John Mayer. I, yeah, I knew John Mayer, Billy him. Joel. They're just, um, they're amazing singers, instrument, uh, instrumentalists, songwriters. They're everything on their own. And it's really easy to be like, I am not all of those things and I'll never be successful because of it. And it's like, okay, well, also think about like, 
Green Day. Mm-hmm. Billy Joe Armstrong's an amazing songwriter, but like without Mike and Trey, they're truly, I know some people will disagree, but they're truly not Green Day. Mm-hmm. Like Billy Joe, I, I love the man and I respect him to death, but he really needs those other two guys to make it Green Day. Mm-hmm. And it's like, just remember that it's okay if you can't do it yourself sometimes. Right. You can find other people to fill those gaps and you can collectively be amazing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've learned is that like, huh, maybe uh, I'm not the best musically by myself mm. and I need like a partnership. Right. And that's what I'm learning right now. Yeah. And you like, I just want to stress that you don't need to have all of the details. What you really need to do is just make that space kind of like that energetic space. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's like... Y- I'm like, okay, well, I would love to make music, but I don't have all of these pieces. And then just be open. Like, just acknowledge what you are missing and what, like, kind of like what what would complete the picture for you. And then just kind of trust that it will come through. Because I think so often it does once you have that, create that space for it. Maybe you're an amazing chef. And you can develop crazy recipes and everyone loves your cooking, but you're like really shy and you don't know anything about business. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I can't be successful because you can't open a restaurant if you don't know anything about business and you struggle to talk to people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you can partner up with someone who's like, I like to eat. I can't really cook, but like I know mm-hmm. a bunch about business and I went to business school and like I've always wanted to have a restaurant. Right. It's like find, find the other, find your other half of your puzzle. Right. And when I when I talk about creating space, so I just want to make it less woo woo and more concrete. So, for example, like Eric's always wanted to be a musician and he's always been in different bands. Right. And his previous band was like just not really working for him. Right. But he learned a lot while he was in the band and made good relationships and, and like friendships that he still has. But like imagine if he had said, well, the only way that I can become successful as a musician is in this configuration. I need a band behind me. This isn't really working, but I'm just going to keep I'm keep going with it and just like try to brute force it. And like maybe yeah, they would have had some sort of breakthrough, but like you basically you created the space for like our project to come through and become like even apparent as an option because you were like, well this is not this is not feeding me anymore, this band situation. And I'm just going to like, I have to let it go right now. And then that's when you made, you wrote your music and kind of developed more of your authentic sound Mm -hmm. and started getting more freelance gigs too. Try to find that figurative voice that says, there's a slowdown on your route, (laughs) faster route available. Would you like to take it? (laughs) Right. Be like, what is that slowdown? Right. And I mean, you know, sometimes it's hard to figure out what that slowdown is and you need therapy. <laughs> like all of us. Mm. Right. I mean, we haven't even touched on like all of our mental roadblocks. I mean, if you're an avid listener of the podcast, you know. Yeah, that's something I want to talk about in a future episode, like con- just conditioning, like all of the things that you like. Why do you believe that being a musician has to be hard? Or that it's impossible. And there are probably some people listening who are like, I don't relate to that at all. I just, I, I'm good at this and I just go ahead and do it. And, right. you know, I, I've, I've found success. Yeah. That's, well, it's like, I feel like the example people always give is like Donald Trump, you know? 
it's like the man is i mean he love him or hate he's love him or hate him agree with him disagree with him he's definitely a narcissistic personality and i feel like if you if you're a bit of a narcissist it's very easy for you to accomplish things because you feel entitled to them and entitlement is is pretty important when it comes to like manifesting what you want you really have to believe that you deserve it because you're not going to be able to accomplish anything or hold on to anything that you don't fundamentally believe you deserve and all of that comes down to how you were conditioned when you were growing up and a lot of work as an adult is if you want to change your circumstances is under recognizing how you've been conditioned and deciding whether it's serving you or not and then doing that work to reprogram which sucks it's hard Mm -hmm. it's worth it but it's difficult yeah yeah so another episode (laughs) <laughs> well i think that was fantastic yeah can you believe the the difference the difference between the first attempt at this and this it, it always happens you, you know, know how long mean? it's been mm, two, uh, it's in one hour and nine minutes uh, okay it feels like it's flown by well that's my great point. <laughs> it is great i I'm, I'm happy with this episode i always wish it's almost like i have this personality that's very uh, like perfectionistic and it's almost like my ideal situation would be to have everything written down in my mind and just have memorized it. So it's like I want things to sound natural and conversational and genuine, but I also want them to be so complete and thorough and organized. And I know that unless you're like a genius or something, that's hard to achieve. But I I don't know. I need to write a book or something. You should have papers <laughs> in front of you every time we record the podcast. Yeah, maybe I will. Other things we, oh, we, yeah, another thing we didn't talk about that I had written down here, which I won't get into. We'll save it for another episode because I've been wanting to do an episode about like our conditioning and beliefs around money, our relationship with money, as two people who are trying to make money doing the things we enjoy, as we all are, you know. But I feel like, you know, we all have, we come into our adulthood carrying all of these different beliefs about money that we learned mostly from our caregivers. And one of the things that was not, that happened for me recently that I never thought was possible a couple years ago was that I got this job with Kroger, which is a national brand, and they're going to pay me more for it than I've ever been paid for anything else. And money has always been such a huge sticking point for me and kind of continues to be. Um, but we'll talk more about that in a future episode because we could just go on and on about this. I definitely want to talk about that because yeah. our upbringings around money well, and everything have been so completely different. Right. But we find ourselves in this like joint financial situation as you do when you're in a couple, right? That that like it it becomes clear that we have different beliefs about money, but they're kind of blocking us in the same way. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like whatever whatever success we find we both have to get on the same page right that's so true it's so true that it's fucked up yeah yeah (laughs) right so that's it for this episode thank you for listening a little bit on the longer side i liked it though yeah i think it i think it needed to be on the longer side right i want to be moving towards more i mean it's fun to just kind of give life update episodes and i'm sure we'll still do them every once in a while but i really do want to make this podcast as useful as possible to people i want people to come away from it feeling inspired Mm. and 
feeling like new things are possible for them or things that they didn't think were possible for them well, that's are. how i feel right now right i uh I, sometimes i'm just like you know i feel like my vision for myself in the future when i'm a little old lady is to be a therapist or a coach i'm like i'm still learning those things now but i do feel like i'm way better at showing other people why things are going to be okay than i am it for myself it yeah. sucks <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, just really one quick side note that if you're not a fan of Survivor, you can just turn <laughs> off the podcast right now. But I think one of the reasons I like Yule so much from the season Survivor Cook Islands mm-hmm. from way back in the day, right. you you two like think and speak very similarly. <laughs> like when you get into this mode, your inflection's the same, your elo- eloquency. Was that a word? <laughs> eloquence? With, eloquence? Sure. Is, that, is that a word? Yeah. Okay. Uh, your eloquence is the same. And I'm like, oh, I think I like him so much because he's like Sarah. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> go watch Survivor Cook Islands. Right. I think it's like season seven or something. It's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for listening. Let us know. You can always email us, whatislifedudeshow at gmail.com, or you can DM either of us on Instagram. Uh, or you can DM us at cute threat. Right. Um, all of that information is in the show notes. You can check mm-hmm. those out. Um, and if you ever have any questions, comments, uh, stories you want to tell that are related, or you ever want some advice on things. If you ever want advice on things and you want us to talk about it on the show, yeah, email us and include that, you would, that you're not only okay with, but would want us to talk about right. it. Yeah. So you can contact us for future episodes of the podcast. And I think that's it. And go yeah, subscribe yeah. to us on YouTube, Cute Threat, because we're going to be making a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm really excited about it. And expire, <laughs> expired. That was uh, a weird slip. Uh-oh. Inspired. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so look out for that. We're excited. Thanks, guys. Bye. I love you. Bye. I love you. <laughs>